Now when you're talking. Get off the middle. Come on. Score. Score. Oh, what are you doing? I'm definitely leaving that in. <laughs> what was the situation? Yeah, Run it down. Second. McCann hits a ball up the middle. DD the Glorious gloves it. Can't get it. It's trickling away from him. Segura's standing on second base, not going after the ball. And I don't know why McNeil just didn't keep running. Because the Glorious had to get up and go chase the ball. I would have tried to score there because, I mean, he's going from on the ground to getting up. He's running away from home plate. Like, he's McNeil's busting it. And he just didn't have enough time to get the train back in motion. So we got bases chucked, one down with, I think it's Jonathan VR. Those are the words of my next guest. My next guest has also shared a set with Riri, with Rihanna. He is a young legend. He is a growing legend, pause. And he's a name and a voice that you're gonna have to get familiar with because he's gonna keep ascending in this industry. I welcome back in what used to be the Pick and Pop podcast, now the The Sam D podcast, the host of the World with G on ESPN 105.1 in Tennessee, Chattanooga, at G underscore 105.1, Greg Larnard, welcome again to the The Sam D podcast. What's good, brother? What's up, dude? But by the way, it is at G underscore ESPN 105.1. ESPN 105.1, my bad. At G ESPN 105.1, I will have that in the description. Uh, this has been something I've been talking about previewing what feels like for months. We tried this once before I was in a closet and the audio, strangely enough, didn't work with me in the closet. Uh, but now where I'm, I'm at the crib, I'm in safe conditions and you're able to join us. And I'm always appreciative of you giving me your time. Uh, this is a guy that has shared single week. You give it to me every single week. It's the least I pause. Yes. (laughs) Yes, G G is gracious enough to allow me on his platform. He is on. He's been on multiple ESPN radio stations as a host. He has built his brand up from the bottom up, and he's moving and moving in a in a upward trajectory in this industry. So I'm glad and always grateful for him allowing me a chance to come on his platform every Wednesday. I'll be on his show tomorrow. I'll have a link to uh, his his uh, station there in the podcast description as well if you want to check him out and support him. So I'm doing this a little different. G is multifaceted. He has been a college ba- college baseball player. He has been a high school basketball player. He is a Green Bay Packer fan, so he knows football. He's been a basketball official as well. So multifaceted, multi-sport. So I want to bring him in and just go through what I was going to go through on a normal episode of the podcast and have some conversation with him about the topics I was going to get into. And I think, G, just to kind of do a little softball thing here, full transparency, you know I am Chief Nick Hater number one. Yes. It seems like the Mets have done something. Have, have, have the Mets done it's, something? Because you, you three, have the fist th- pump. I know. It's three and two, bases loaded. Now Hector Neris is one pitch away from, from blowing it here. So we're getting excited. And I hope, I hope we can just finish it here so I can give you my full attention because I feel like I'm half and half right now. Well, sadly, if the audience hasn't realized by now, G still suffers from that mental illness that is fandom and it is that Mets fandom. Be deep enough. There it is. 
Listen to that fandom. Woo! Listen to it. See? Big win. See? Jonathan VR with the walk-off double. Big win for the New York Mets. Walk-off single? Walk-off single-ish. Not like it was kind of like Robin Ventura-esque. It the grand, been a grand single? Yeah, the grand, the, the, the grand single. So All right, well, it's a good well, start to the day. Good start to the day, good Sam. Start, we got good one start. more to go. It's a long night of baseball. It's a doubleheader today? Doubleheader today. Hilarious. Love so it. a day-night doubleheader or just a night-night? It feels like it's a night-night yeah, doubleheader. Yeah, night-night, but it, it started at like 4.20. Ah, late day. Yes, late day doubleheader. Okay, yeah. okay. Question off the top. Yeah, we're talking Knicks, so we're keeping it orange and blue. We're talking Knicks here. So you, I've, I'm chief Nick hater number one. I feel as though in talking to you this season and parts of last season, you might be hot on my heels. You might be Chief whoa, Nick Hater whoa, number two. Whoa, no, 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 no. You're still a Nick fan. A realist, not a hater. A I realist. mean, but 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 to some Nick fans, that, that that's being a hater when you talk real about the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Everybody's living in in La La Land. Right. So your your team now, I haven't even checked the standings. I guess I guess let me go ahead and I do that on the fly. Twenty eight, twenty seven. They're a game over five. Wow, a game! Wow, the pep rallies the must be crazy. Julius Randle is an incredible all star. I mean, is he an all star in any real year? Uh, no, no. But okay. he's All right. The only See guy, again, you're a realist. He's the only guy for the Knicks that can do these things. So he has to take the shots. He has to do these things. And, and in fact, his numbers are going to be inflated. But you know as well as I do, on a good winning championship basketball team, that he is not going to be your best player. And we, we had this conversation on your show. You don't want to give Julius Randle the max, but you know they have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Because nobody, I mean, who's, and who's coming to New York? I mean, Steph if you... leaving the Warriors and coming to the Knicks. No, no. But I mean, Steph might... Want to leave though? I know we we're going to talk about that, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So I mean, you know, if 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 Steph were, to leave. I mean, why not though? You if if you know that team's not winning, because that that's kind of my whole point is that if he does leave, it shows me that he's not as dumb as I think he is. Because that team's not winning anytime soon. Even if Clay comes back, and he's about 90 of what he was. He's still old. Like now, Steph is in his thirties. Clay's going to be in his thirties. Steve like Kerr doesn't shooter. know what to do with Weissman. He can be. He can. He can have longevity in the league because he is a shooter. Correct. He's not taking a lot of contact, things like that. So he can still just yak it from deep whenever he wants. And I think he's going to have a nice long career. And I would be in agreement with you if uh, if he hadn't really won in Golden State. But the fact that he's won multiple rings in Golden State, the MVP, all that. At this point, I feel like for Steph, it should just be more about legacy, being like, hey, like, I want to be a warrior for life, and I want to finish my career here, that I've won already. I don't need to be ring chasing. I've already won rings. But if your rings are under question, which in my world, they're, they, they always will be, you know, he only won Even one. The first one? Yeah, because LeBron had no help. Well, I mean, you can't say that they wouldn't have won that series, even if LeBron had help. I mean, if, if the big three of Braun, Kyrie, and Kevin Love was at full strength, I think it's debatable. But you had the big four in, in uh, well, actually the big five in Steph, Clay, Draymond, Harrison Barnes, and David Lee. That's a very loosely, <laughs> that's a very loose interpretation of big five. My God, uh, David I, Lee. Don't you talk bad about David Lee. I mean, come on. Nick Nick, Nick Legend, Nick right? Great. You, you, you should retire that number, put it up in the rafters. Put it in the rafters, 42 and 34. 
Melo and, and Melo need, needs to go up, yeah. right? Melo needs needs to have a jersey retired, right? The the, the seven should go up in the rafters. Mm. He's not a Nick Hall of Famer. No. Two C took y'all to the playoffs. Nah. Wow. Okay. What about I Marbury? I love Melo, but I don't think so. Marbury? No way. I love no Stephon way. Marbury. I love Stephon Marbury too. But wow, I don't Coney Allen's that. finest. All right, no, no love for so. So when's the next time the Knicks are gonna retire a number? Julius Randle's third number thirty. Damn, son, Julius gets it before <laughs> Melo, before Starberry. I don't know, man. R.J. Barrett. Good R. Lord. R.J. That's the that's the. Good film. luck with him. Maybe Maple Kevin Mamba, Knox. right? Maple Mamba. Lord, yes. what a trash organization. Uh, uh so well, look, let, let's let, let let's stay on Steph because I really think Steph. Should leave, and I'll, I'll I'll lay it out to you why, and you can tell me what you think. So, Clay comes back next year, old, still is still a great shooter, one of the greatest shooters of all time, all that jazz. Old, maybe not even as great defensively. Draymond, you know how I feel about him, habitual nut hitter. Old, overrated, overpaid. Steve Kerr has not learned what to do with Weissman yet. That to me is problematic, and Steve Kerr has had problems with young bigs before. And just rookies in general. He hasn't been too fond of playing rookies. And A. Wiggins, I mean, you know how I feel about A. Wiggins. Like, he, there's not a shot he doesn't love to take. And they got Kelly Oubre. They got, like, the roster isn't championship ready. And I don't know if they're a piece away. If you're Steph and you know, hey, I might be able to get out of here. I might be able to take my talents elsewhere. I might be able to go run with my boy, my all of a sudden, my low-key boy, LeBron with the Lake Show, and go get another chip or two. I mean, if you're Steph, are you really saying no to that just so you can say you're a lifelong warrior? Does being a lifelong warrior Trump maybe getting two more chips with Braun, who apparently is your boy behind the scenes? I think it's a good move if he decides to leave. Yeah, you know, I, I can see it for sure. Look, it's if you get an opportunity to go play for the Lakers and play with LeBron and AD... And you have a chance to carry, you know, yourself into a, a little bit more longevity in your career of winning, where maybe you don't have to do so much when you have AD if he can ever stay healthy for an entire season, and LeBron as he continues to age like fine wine, even though he's down with an injury right now. I could see it's not a bad move, but again, I think Steph, with the chips that he's already won, I don't mind him staying in Golden State for his career if him. Clay, Draymond are there. And yes, you're right that they haven't figured out what to do with Weissman yet. And we're going to talk a little bit more about him in a little while, I think. But give Steve Kerr a little bit of time. Give this organization a little bit of time to see if they can, and I'm not saying a lot of time, maybe a year or so, to see if they can put yeah, different pieces and retool. I know they don't have much time with Clay's. Or, or no, um, Steph is already 33. Steph is on the clock. He's 33. Yeah. Clay and Draymond are 31. So they're not like super old, but they're getting up there a little bit more. And I mean, I he's a free agent even, next year. He can, he can bounce. I can't believe I'm saying 31 is old, but I mean, sadly, in 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 athletics, it is. I know. Going off of Weissman, the reason why I, I'm really feel like okay, Steph, you should do it is because KD's going to keep recruiting people. Like KD's not going to stop. Like he's on some AAU shit where I'm just going to get all the best hoopers and have chaser. them come run with with my squad. I mean, that's that that's AAU culture. Yeah. Get on the best team, win the most. Yeah. Get, get, get the most talented guys together, and let's win together. That's I, it. I think when you look, if, if, if it stays the way that it is right now, if KD stays in Brooklyn and Clay, or, or Steph stays in, in Golden State, mm-hmm. and 
Steph never wins another ring, but say KD wins two more. Whose career will you look back on more fondly, KD or Steph? I think that's the problem with KD. KD will never be loved like he should. He will never be loved like he should. That's because, his fault. I mean, is it though? Because yeah, when I mean, he he's was got burner accounts, and he's not—I mean, he's not—he's yeah, not, he, out here doing. He's out here acting a fool a lot of times. But he started he's, it the right way, though. Even when he was when he was locked into OKC, and he did the anti-LeBron thing when Bron was running off, taking his talents to South Beach. KD decided to stay in OKC, and he was being lauded for it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that. He thought that would make him better than LeBron in the public's eyes, and that never happened. Like, I remember him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. He was like, I'm tired of being number two. Sorry, bruh. It's, what, 10 years later, you're still number two. It's no, by nobody's fault but being in the era of LeBron. That's right. There's nothing you could do about it. I mean, my man Patrick Ewing would have had chips if it weren't for MJ. And Hakeem, and Shaq, no, and Robinson. I mean, the finger roll against Rick Smith. I mean, just MJ. Finger roll. All right. We beat Miami and Indiana, Indiana more times. You thugged up Miami, yes, because my yeah. Miami was always frauds because their yeah. best player was Alonzo. Yeah. Yes, yes. And a tiny man and Tim Hardaway Jr. Yes. Or Tim Hardaway. I'm the sorry, senior. Senior. Uh, but, yeah, so, you know, going off of KD – there's been reports, and I think it came straight from Weissman himself, and you kind of alluded to it. Katie and Kyrie have been in Weissman's ear giving him advice. So, hmm. if you're KD, you've been pulling the strings all over the place, getting the beard, having him tank his way out of Houston. You got Blake Griffin, the Kia jumper, to pull up after the buyout. You convinced LaMarcus Aldridge to come through, would it behoove KD, who is just as powerful as LeBron when it comes to front office stuff? Just people just don't talk about it. Him and Rich Kleinman, they, they, they got a lot of stuff moving behind the scenes. That's his Rich Paul. If KD could find a way to get Weissman out of the Bay mm-hmm. into Brooklyn, because we know DeAndre's old. He's old now. If he could pull that coup, of getting young Weissman out of the Bay, I mean, should we even play basketball next year? I yes, think this year should. it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that, that the Nets will win the chip this year. I'm I'm not no, all locked so in either. on that. I don't think so either. I think it's it's way too soon. They've made too many moves and too many guys are hurt. They're in and out of the lineup. They just don't have a lot of consistency right there. But you know, you look at the Lakers, who are one of the other big contenders, obviously, and they've kind of had some inconsistency. So who would be the favorite right now? It would, would it have to be the, the old English font? Oh, nah. Nah, nah, nah. Can't. Can't. Because they, they've had some injuries as well. Ibaka's been out, in and out. Of, I mean, Ibaka's not a top three option on that team, but they have no other big man. You can't really go into the playoffs with Zubac. That's the um, guy. Yeah, fucking Zubac. Uh, I remember Laker, Laker fans. No, sorry. Old English font fans really thought they stole one yeah. from the late show. Like, yo, we stole Zubac. I'm like, wait, what? Have you watched fucking Zubac? Well, he's better than fucking Marcus Soule right now. Yes, and he's certainly getting more more playing time. Yeah. Uh, but I think the favorite to me, I still don't believe in Denver. I know everyone's hot on Denver. Everyone's well, talking about their defense Jamal now. Murray. They drop well, yes, yes. And but I mean, according to your boy, that he's a role player, so it shouldn't matter, right? 
Your boy no, said he's we, a role player, so uh, that, that 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 man is not a role player. Yeah, so you know, that's a big loss. I know it's he a huge loss. I know he wasn't playing well this year with the elbow injury. And he's like been that. hurt, yeah. But man, tearing the ACL and he's probably gonna miss next year too. It's that's just tough. And, and, and the thing about it is, and I think we, we might need to have a conversation. Today's not the day, but I think at some point we're going to have to have a conversation about the Denver Nuggets training staff because he sat out four games with knee soreness, and then they threw him out there last night. It's not good. So, I mean, look. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. this is your arguably, I mean, in most people's eyes, second best. I still say best player or most important player. Maybe not best player, but most important player. Because down the stretch, when you need a bucket, who are you going to? You going to the Joker or you going to the Jamal Murray? What I was going to Jamal Murray. Last year? Yeah, I mean, you can use Jokic to set up a screen, little pick and roll or old cheap plug, pick and pop. But, like, to me, I want the ball in Murray's hands. Jokic can set it up by still because Murray's a shooter. Yeah. Jokic isn't going to hit you a game-winning shot with three dudes in his face running out. He's not built like that, in my opinion. No. But he could set it up now they don't to have get Mark. Right. Now. So now who is it? Because, I, I mean, you it's were very high Aaron on Aaron Gordon. Gordon. It's not going to be Aaron. It can't be Aaron Gordon. That's not his game. Right. I don't feel like that's his game. Unless you have a guy like a Michael Porter Jr. just go off and go nuts. He'll take the shot. Oh, Michael yeah, Porter wants the no, shot. He has no yeah, problem taking that no shot. No conscience. Last year, yeah. Even last year, he's asking for shots. Right, right. So, you know, he, he'll definitely step in and be like, yo, Mike Malone, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'll take all the shots. But, yeah, I think, I think Denver. Before we get off of Michael Porter Jr., can I just give yeah. you some huge kudos? And I know I usually give you a lot of kudos anyways. But, man, you were telling me, and any Nick fan that would listen, back when Michael Porter Jr. was coming out of the draft saying, don't pass him up. He might have to sit out a year, but don't pass him up. He's going to be super talented. You draft him, you're going to be set. And who we got I mean, with Kevin Knox? I, I, the tweet is still there. When when the Knicks won the clock, I tweeted out, I dare you to do it. Because I was like, that's the right move, but you're too much like the Knicks to make the right move. But I said, I dare you. If you do it, then I'll change my tune. Then I'll believe, okay, now they got some basketball people in there. Let, let, let them red shirt like the Nuggets did. And then okay, now he's off and running, but they got Kevin Knox. In by Calipari. Just ridiculous, just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, look at it again. You know, you go through that. Y'all could have had Michael Porter. Y'all could have had Cam Reddish, even though you know Cam Reddish hasn't flourished as much as I thought he would at this yeah, point. But he's Cam battled injuries and things like that. And you know, and then this year you could have had Halliburton. So you could have had Michael Porter Jr. Cam Reddish you don't have to give him and Cam. Halliburton. Just, just say, just say RJ and Halliburton, because I'd rather have, I'd rather have those three guys. You'd rather have RJ than Cam Reddish. Yeah, yeah. He's certainly been healthier. Yeah. I, I don't know if I like the fit, but yeah, that's fine. But yeah, so Michael Porter Jr., I RJ, feel like RJ's been and Halliburton. Better of late. I mean, when you say better, you mean shots, shot percentage? I feel like he's been shooting a little bit better. I haven't been completely, completely locked into the Knicks. I mean, I, I don't blame like, you. Why, why, why would you be? No, 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 no. They I haven't mean, given you make, a reason I, to. They're going to make the playoffs, but, you know, I mean, they're probably going to play in that play tournament. Know. It's fine. Like, that's cool. I just feel so, like he's been scoring at a, a more efficient rate. Well, he's he's the number two option. So, he, yeah. he should be scoring. Like, he should be upper teens, low 20s. On his team, because Julius is what twenty four games, something like that, maybe even lower. I think Julius might be lower than that. He was higher earlier in the season. I think his points have dropped off a little bit, 
But Drew yeah, like that twenty three game. Yeah, so twenty three games. So then RJ's probably eighteen, eighteen, nineteen. I've been trying to look for RJ. Oh my god. Oh boy, is 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 that happening? Okay. I guess. Okay, check one two, check one two. We had to cut in or cut out because G had a fire alarm. And that First is the, uh... ever in the in the crib. <laughs> New crib. So but at least this place has a fire alarm. I feel like my old place. Your last place didn't did have not, one. Did not have a fire alarm. <laughs> well, see, you're you're moving up in the world. Yes, you're moving up to a bigger market into certainly. apartments with fire alarms. Um, well, we were getting into the Knicks, but while while your fire alarm was going off, I hopped on Twitter real quick, and there's some buzz going on with Demora Smith and the NFLPA. Three teams are declining to participate. Three entire teams are declining to participate in voluntary, voluntary workouts. It's the Tampa Bay Bucks, the world champion, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, the Seattle Seahawks. And the Denver Broncos. So while voluntary workouts are just that, they're voluntary, they're negotiated in the CBA, all this and the third, they don't feel it's safe enough to be out there in a voluntary fashion. That was the rhetoric that was used by Demore Smith and then the three st- statements that were released by the bodies of the teams. So what say you as an NFL fan and as a sports radio talk host, ESPN 105 Zone? on hearing that three NFL teams are sitting out. I'm assuming there'll be more teams, but three as of right now, sitting out voluntary workouts. Man, I I don't have a problem with this. I mean, COVID is still a thing. As much as Roger Goodell wants to think that we beat it, we beat COVID, and we're going to have full stadiums next year. No, we have not beat COVID. The vaccine is just being spread around. It's, It's still out there. It's still getting after people on a daily basis. It may not be as prominent as it was, you know, this time last year, whatever it may be, or just, you know, five, six months ago, whatever it is, but it's still around. And if there's any players out there or teams that as a whole don't feel comfortable to put themselves in that position to be around other people for a voluntary workout, I'm absolutely cool with that. If they don't think it's, it's absolutely necessary for them to be in person, they've realized, hey, look, as a group, we can get things done and we can be productive via Zoom or virtually, let's do that. Let's keep people safe. I'm all about trying to keep people safe as possible. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing to me because, you know, if, if anyone's listened to this pod, they know I've, I've been really hard on pause on DeMar Smith. And, you know, I think it's, 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 it's justified. There was that article in the Washington Post that kind of laid out how much of a train wreck he's been as head of the NFL PA. And I think this is another move. I don't know if it's player empowerment because it's hard for me to believe player empowerment in a league where your contracts are not guaranteed. But I think this is as about as much as they can exert their power in saying no to voluntary workouts. But gee, if you look at some of those tweets or the comments in the tweets, it's it's what you would expect. These guys are lazy. They just don't want to work all the usual tropes that are akin to other things that are somehow translated translated to football players. But how come, and I know this is off the cuff, but how come people can't understand that a voluntary workout is literally just that? If me and you had contracts to, yo, you could do a show tomorrow or not. You're still going to get paid. You're still, you're, you're not going to be reprimanded. You're not going to be 
This is not going to be any retribution taken out against you, but it's a voluntary show tomorrow. And if you go out, you know, you're getting the mix. You're practicing social distancing, of course, but you're in the mix. You're getting, you're turning up and decide, all right, it's a voluntary show. I don't have to go in tomorrow. I'm not going to go in. I think most people will take advantage of that. But when it comes to sports and in NFL specifically, when voluntary workouts come and players sit out or they hold out or whatever, they get roasted. Can you, can you give me any kind of insight as to where, how a fan or for someone like you that's in the media, how is this a thing where people don't understand that type of logic? Like voluntary means is voluntarily a thing I can do or decide not to do. I think it comes from that old athletic mentality and sports mentality of, and you know it, you, you play basketball growing up that like, and you've been part of teams that if there is a voluntary practice or if there's a, for me, like growing up playing baseball and playing ball in college, if there's a mandatory or a voluntary, you know, extra hitting session, that's not really a voluntary hitting session. You need to be there. If you want right. to play, you should be there. And especially if you're a fringe player, or somebody who doesn't start all the time, much like myself, you should be there. And right. so I think people are looking at, at that as, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's voluntary, but really it shows well on you if you show up for those voluntary things. And I think just the regular people are like, well, look, they are lazy. They're, they don't want to do their job. They'd rather go out and they'd rather do stuff and they'd rather, you know, not show up to work and do that, put, put in the extra work. But in reality, again, it, we're in special times right now. We're in rare times in which none of us have ever had to navigate our, our lives before of the pandemic. So if somebody wants to step back and say, hey, look, we feel like we can get we can accomplish stuff, you know, from a distance and, and virtually. I'm again, I'm fine with it. But I just think everybody looks at it with that mentality of, yeah, voluntary isn't actually voluntary. It's like like mandatory without saying it's mandatory. I just think that's how people look at it. Yeah, it's just it's just weird to me, man. It's that that's always been a thing that stuck out to me. Like I've never been anti holdouts. Like I've never cared enough, even when I had fandom. Like if 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 Walter Payton sort of sat out for the first couple of games, I'm not losing my shit at Walter Payton. I'm like, yo, Bears, pay him his fucking money. That's where my mentality was, even as a kid. So I just You're I've never understood. Yeah, Steelers should have paid him his money. They didn't. Or trade him. Like, if you're not going to pay him, just trade him. Right. Like, like Emmett Smith did it the right way. He sat out. They lost the first couple of games. They looked bad. And Jerry Jones had to bend over and take it up the ass and pay Emmett his money. And then they went and got a Super Bowl. He proved his point. Like, y'all need me. Pay yeah, me my money. To do that, and that didn't, didn't, didn't work out as well. Right. So, I mean, I mean look. Paid, it's a risk. They didn't win. It's a risk. You know what I'm saying? He still got his money. He didn't get as much money, ideally, if he would have just took whatever the Steelers offered him. But you take the risk in terms of the whole notion of knowing your worth has become a huge thing, you know, over the last couple of years. So I can't get mad at it. But when it comes to things like this, where it's literally voluntary, if you're Russell Wilson, do you need those reps? Why do you think Brett Favre never wanted to show up to training camp? Facts, He's the right? Old he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to do it anymore. He's he doesn't got need shit down. Exactly, exactly. Like, like, like you said, he it's for the French players, around. right? It's just for the French players. It's for the guys that are on the bubble in terms of roster cuts. The things of that nature that need to be in the mix, need to show, show the coaches something, get enough stuff on film for potentially other teams and whatnot. That I can, I could kind of understand. But again, 
I don't think anyone's taping these voluntary workouts. Like, I don't think there is, is something like that where that's going to be used as film to try to get a gig somewhere else. So even the fringe players in this aspect, you can still work out. You're just not working out as a group in mass. Yeah. I would like to think all NFL players are getting some kind of work in on their own. At least I hope so. Or not, that the injuries are going to go crazy. Yeah, they're not going to be in the league for long. They're not doing some sort of something to keep themselves in shape. Right. So I, I think that, that that was a good pivot point with the fire alarm to get into some NFL. And I think to, to continue the conversation forward, what do you think of this whole thing with the 49ers in the draft? So Shanahan moves up to number three. They gave up a shit ton to get there. And there's a lot of talk about where they may go with this pick. It seems to be automatically considered to be a quarterback, even though he's put out it some smoke screens that it's not. It's right. Be a but now the question is, which quarterback? That's the that's the better question. Is it is it Wilson? Is it is it is it Fields if he's there, or are they going off the board here with some Mac Jones? What do you, what do you think? Well, it seems like. We, we pretty much know, and, and you know, I, I broke down Mel Kuyper's, you know, his, his mock draft today, 4.0, on, on my show on, on Tuesday. And we talked a lot about it, and it seems like one and two are pretty much a lock. It seems like the Jags are going to go Trevor Lawrence, and the Jets are going to go with Zach Wilson. So number three becomes very interesting because there are three quarterbacks that we're not 100% sure which one they're going to go with. It seems like they really like Mac Jones. Mac Jones, they kind of view him as a young Matt Ryan. We know what Kyle Shanahan did, did with Matt Ryan. I know you're not a Matt Ryan guy. Ain't no Julio on that roster, though. <sighs> Matty Slush. Um, and then you have yeah. you have Justin Fields, who to me is kind of the dark horse. Like, I feel like he's starting to slip, even though Literally. he's had, like, the most de- decorated college career out of any of the three of these guys. And then Trey Lance seems to be like that stock that like that, I don't want to say penny stock, but like a a little known stock that you're like you're putting some money into, and it's like okay, let's see if this thing grows over time. This is the long term investment. So I'm hearing a lot of Mac Jones, mm. but I wouldn't be shocked if they go with Trey Lance because they've still got porn star Jimmy there. He can be the guy. He can be a, a, a competent quarterback. Stopgap. He could be a stopgap. He's, he's not going yeah. to be the franchise. It doesn't seem like they thought right. they would when they paid him the five-year, hundred whatever million dollar contract that they paid him off of two games in New England, like kind of like Matt Flynn got in Seattle and he got run out of there yes. by Russell. Yep. So it seems like they're probably either going to go Mac Jones or Trey Lance. I wouldn't hate it if they go Trey Lance because I've watched some film on Trey Lance. I think he is. Super dynamic, but I am also in the minority of really liking Mac Jones. He's not as athletic, and you know you know that you need to have those athletic type of quarterbacks nowadays. Yeah. And his but, arm isn't as strong as the other guys. Like, he's got the weakest arm of the five. You, you can make that argument. You could make that argument, although I don't think his arm is non-NFL talent-wise. I don't think it's, yes. Yeah. It's just not as strong as the other guys. Right. I think you can get away with that. But I, I, I said this on my show a couple of weeks ago. I love the FU mentality and the attitude and the bravado and the confidence of Mac Jones. I think he kind of has that baker? X factor. No, it's not a Baker. It's I don't want to compare him to Aaron Rodgers. He, Ooh, he, jumping off, wise, jumping attitude, off the ledge. Attitude wise, okay. Like he, when he was a scout team quarterback, I saw Trey Wingo post this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. When he was a scout team quarterback. He was throwing bombs on the first-team offense and just throwing touchdowns on touchdowns on touchdowns. Mm. 
And Nick Saban said, dude, cut it out. And he said, why don't you tell your defense to cut it out and try to stop me instead? Okay. Okay. So, like, I love that out of a young dude who's standing up to the great Nicky Saban as right. a scout team quarterback, man. Like, you don't, you can't really teach that. A guy just kind of has to have that. And it's sort of the same quiet-ish confidence that, that Joe Burrow has almost. Uh, I think that might be a better comparison. Well, he, he, here's my thing with that, right? Like, Mac Jones was throwing to wide-open receivers. He had, he had first-round talent. Not all the time wasn't throwing a wide-open receiver. I mean, more times than not, he's throwing to some dude that's wide-ass open. I mean, when you have the weapons he's got, or he had, I mean, I think me and you can hit a couple of dudes on a slant if they got 10 yards of separation. Like, I, like for me, it's like he's got the weakest skill set of the three dudes that are sitting at that at that p- potential spot at three, and the fact that Justin Fields has somehow, for lack of a better word, tumbled down the draft board, I can't find a plausible reason for it. Like, and and, and this is something I was going to bring up, but in regards to, has there ever been to to, to your recollection? Because I had to sit and think, and I couldn't think of one. Has there ever been a black quarterback to rise up the draft boards? There's always white quarterbacks that come out of nowhere that are less heralded that all of a sudden through combines or pro days or whatever, just automatically come up out of nowhere and rise up. I can't really think like Mahomes wasn't really that highly thought of. Lamar won the Heisman and still dropped. Russell Wilson wasn't highly thought of. Dak wasn't that highly thought. Like, there's been a Deshaun lot of... Watson. Deshaun Watson was called Jordan and still wasn't taken with the Bears sitting there at three or two. I mean, has there ever been a black quarterback that has all of a sudden risen up draft boards magically as we get closer and closer to the draft? I couldn't think of one. RG3? So how, who? RG3? Nah, I mean, he was a Heisman finalist. I know. So I mean I don't think he came out of nowhere like that. That's the thing we've seen oh, Trubisky. Guys out of yeah, guys has that that weren't that okay. heralded. Okay. Like has there been a black verse? Like there, there was a real conversation between Jake Locker and Cam Newton. Like that was a real thing that happened where people were really debating over who to take. So it's like has there ever been the the reciprocal of that where there was a clear white stud? Pause. And some unheralded black QB came out of nowhere, and all of a sudden, people were saying, "Hey, but maybe you want to take the black guy." I couldn't think of one. No, I, I in in my recent memory here, I can't really think of one either. It's just weird to me because I, I, yeah. I, if you're telling me Trevor Lawrence is is that dude, okay, word, he's been pegged to be the one for years now, yeah. understood. But to have Justin Fields potentially go to four. Behind two dudes who I'm not clear on if they're better. Justin Fields in, in Mel Kuyper's latest draft went 10 to New England. Like how? Like, come on, dog. Like, like I understand after five, I think the teams in the next, I guess, from six to nine don't necessarily need QBs. Here you go. I'll give it to you. You got at five, you've got the Bengals don't need a QB. They don't need, need a QB. Help. Um He's got the Falcons trading out of the four spot down to six. Miami, they have moving up to take Kyle Pitts at four. Uh, they wow. have Atlanta dropping down to six to take Trey Lance. Um, I, I don't then get you the have Trey Lance thing. 
you have the Detroit Lions, who if I'm the Detroit Lions, I understand you need some playmakers and whatnot, and you need some guys on the outside. Damn, you want to do that right holiday. right after bringing golf in? Yeah, but you need you, a quarterback. Yeah, but you still want to do that right now? After bringing golf in? What, a quarterback or, or a wide receiver? A quarterback. I'm saying you, you want to invest in a quarterback right after trading for golf? Yeah, I'm not I'm not in on golf. He's not no, good. look, I, I, I'm not. I'm not big on golf. Golf either, but I think going first round, top ten pick, and I'm taking a QB after trading for one. That's I mean, that's a lot. I mean, that's that, that that's asking a lot. All right, so you want to take you want to take for the Lions? You want to maybe take a quarterback later in the draft, maybe like a yeah, I, draft, yeah. I, I wouldn't like mind going third round. Go take a flyer on a kid or whatever the a, case. Try to find a Dak Prescott or a rookie. Sure, yeah, I, I I don't mind that. But first round, top ten. We know the Lions suck. They've sucked as a, me as a foreign Bears fan. You as a current Packer fan. We know how trash the Lions have been and how inept they've been run. If they go take a QB at that spot, that to me would just signal, oh, same old Lions. Like, it's kind of like the Jets, like, same old Jets. Like, oh, same old Lions. There's no reason for me to believe that they can turn things around. How about how about Denver at number nine? They definitely need a QB. I'm, I, I am not a believer. Yeah, I don't I know don't, if don't you know go there. Drew Locke. Yeah, I've, I'm, I'm not a Drew Locke guy. He, I think Josh Allen has allowed a lot of guys to now potentially get longer looks. Because Josh Allen, who was bad, who was inaccurate, who also rose up the draft uh, charts and became a thing, looked bad his first year. They gave him some help. Then all of a sudden, now he looks like a franchise QB. I think because of that transformation, that really was just him getting help, somehow this this is going to give the Drew Locks of the world more rope and more of a chance to stick around. But I still think... They need a QB. I don't know if I do that at nine, unless Fields is sitting there. If Fields well, is sitting the there, out, they have Fields sitting there. So you think Elway does it though? Elway's I don't know if like, Elway he's does not like it. Like the guy in charge anymore. I feel like he got relieved of his duties. I think they have a new GM there, a president. Ah, so then so, that wall. Maybe maybe you make a splash. Maybe maybe and, you take Fields there. Yeah, possibly. Um, I I I don't mind. Fields, if Fields drops down and goes to New England, I don't think that would be a bad thing for Fields' career. It's phenomenal. He he gets to yeah. learn under Cam. Yeah, he gets to learn under Cam. I, I don't think Cam's going to be as bad as he I don't was. Think so either. You know, I think he'll have a decent. He won't be MVP Cam. MVP Cam, obviously, but I think he'll definitely not be COVID Cam. I mean, he came back from COVID. Like I think that yeah. was really understated in how bad he looked and how inaccurate he was and all that stuff. His dog. We saw how, like, and like Miles Garrett, to throw to. correct? No Miles idea. Garrett couldn't rush the QB yeah. when he came back from COVID. He was a shell of his form. I mean, he could have been Defensive Player of the Year with the pace that he was on. He got he caught COVID, and when he came back, he was trash because he was still fighting through it. So we cop pleas for Miles Garrett, but Cam, ah, oh, see, he's done. He's washed. I guess Cam's never been that accurate. That, that's not his game, but. Dog, he played well before he got COVID. Yes, yes, and he was running the ball well, and yeah. the offense looked all right. Back from another fire alarm break, <laughs> and um, it's it's giving us these 20-minute intervals to get into some deep conversations, and then I guess the timer is up, and then the fire alarm goes off. Uh, but we have our last 20 minutes here with Greg Larner, the host of The World with G on ESPN 105.1 The Zone in Tennessee, Chattanooga. 
Uh, check out all his social media information in the podcast description. Support him because he has supported me throughout my career. And he's uh, the homie, a friend, a colleague. And we've had some conversations about doing content. We did do some content before. We have some thoughts about maybe doing some things in the future. So support Greg Larnard. He's a friend, but more importantly, he is extremely talented and he's taken this industry by the reins and he's doing things his way and carving his own lane. And y'all know that I identify with people like that because I fashion myself in the same way. So with all that being said, we just had a little bit of a not heated, but we had a little bit of a back and forth Mm. about MVP talk. And I was telling you how people have been to my DMs calling me a Utah Jazz sympathizer. Uh, because I'm saying Donovan Mitchell and I've said it on your show and we went back and forth and I've mentioned it on the pod and I'm going to release finally the com- the first conversation being you had about Donovan Mitchell and is he worth, is he should be in the MVP conversation. But now the Jazz are still up here. They're 40 and 14, best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And again, Donovan Mitchell can't get no love. I mean, he lost last night to the Wizards, and that that certainly is not a good look. But Mitchell's out here. He dropped 35 last night. He's averaging, let me pull up the numbers here, even though I'm not really that much of a stat guy, but numbers do matter in these types of conversations. He's giving you 27 a game with five dimes, five rebounds, 85% from free throw. He's giving you 38% from three. And he's shooting 44% overall from the field. Like, these are high watermarks for a 44th-year guard on the best team in the league, record-wise. Why is Donovan Mitchell not in this conversation? Because all the other ones have been hurt. Embiid's been hurt. Harden's hurt. Unless you want to give me Jokic, but now with Murray hurt, unless Jokic starts going crazy out here scoring the rock, and keeps up the pace that the Nuggets were on, then maybe I'll finally relent on Jokic being a true MVP. But I don't see how Donovan Mitchell shouldn't at least be top three, at least top three for MVP. And well, first of all, Sam, I, I want to thank you for the kind words. It's uh, it's always appreciated uh, that, that that you say those nice things about me. Uh, just trying, man, and I'm glad I can give you the platform every week on my show and you come on and I'm excited to talk on Wednesday no about uh, a lot of different things. Maybe we'll talk about some of the same things that we're talking on here. But when it comes to the MVP, and you mentioned we were getting on to a little bit of a discussion off the air during the fire alarm break, but I'm not arguing that Donovan Mitchell shouldn't be at least in the top three of the MVP because you alluded to there's many other guys that should be considered or would be considered, but they've been they've missed major time because of injury. Like, I think Joel Embiid has had an exceptional year. If he needs play, if he had played the entire year and only missed minimal time, I think it should go to Joel Embiid. But since he has missed significant time or decent amount of time, I'm I'm right now I'm on the Dame train. Give me Dame time. Give me Dame train. Wow. You just threw the numbers out there for Donovan, and they're they're basically the same as Lillard, just better. I mean, he's averaging more points. He's averaging more assists. He's shooting the same free throw percentage. He's shooting the same from three. He's shooting better from the free throw line. And, yes, I understand he's not on as good of a team. But six seed, right. Six seed at this point. But, again, that could change by the end of the season. They could be a four seed. And the Nuggets could fall. The Jazz could fall down and be a two seed. And if, if that really matters where they finish in the standings, 
to me, as long as they make the playoffs and they're a decently high seed, they're not like a 7-8, you know, playing tournament type of team, then I, I understand. If they're in that low of a, a situation, then you probably can't give it to Dame. But if they are 6-0, and up, I'm okay giving it to Dame. I think he's that good, and he's had to carry this team without C.J. McCollum for a little while. Uh, they've had some injuries to their big men. Collins hasn't come back, and Nurkic has kind of been in and out. So, I mean, I love Dame's game, and I think he's had to really do more to help carry his team to get them to where they are, even just at the sixth seed, to keep them as one of the better teams in the West. Uh, I'm I'm not mad at Dame. I'm I'm never anti Dame. Dame is a top five player. He's probably the fourth. You can make a case that he's third. He's probably at worst the fourth best player in the world. So I'm not I'm not anti Dame. But with Donovan Mitchell, to me, I see it on both ends. And I know Dame. He's not known for defense. It is not like he's trash. He's not Steph Curry like on defense, but. I've seen Donovan take the challenge of guarding the other team's best player in a big spot repeatedly. When it was him against Jamal Murray in the bubble last year, Mitchell was trying to guard Murray. Now, again, Murray smoked him for some buckets, but then Mitchell came right back and smoked him for buckets as well. So for me, it's it's seeing the attempt, whereas Dame, because he's Dame and, and he has he's, he's ball dominant, he can't really expend a lot of energy on defense. That's just he can't have that as part of his game because for that team to run, he's got to have the energy and the legs pause in the second half to go put up buckets and then tap the wrist and tell you it's Dame time. So, you know, I, I hear you. Dame certainly hasn't been hurt, so that certainly qualifies him. If you're telling me it's Dame, Jokic, and Donovan, I'm not mad at that. I just think we need to put a little bit more respect on Donovan Mitchell's name because, again, as as we said, or as I said to you originally when we had this discussion on your show, The War with G on 105.1 ESPN The Zone, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern, like many times the MVP award just goes to the best player on the team with the best record. And Donovan Mitchell has the best record and is the best player on the team with the best record. And with these injuries, now he's third. But when we first talked about this, as you said, Embiid was in the mix. Harden was killing it with the Nets. Giannis was always the Nigerian freak, is always lurking. All those guys were there, and Donovan was like a distant seventh or eighth. Now through the war of attrition, now he's, he's the only one that's remained healthy. Now he's top three just because he's hung on long enough. And I think we just need to put a little bit more respect. On one, Donovan Mitchell, who also is like you, a Mets fan. Spider, I know. His dad was a pitcher for the Mets, if I remember correctly, back in the day. Yeah, so, you know, just just off that, we should be, you know, riding with, with Donovan Mitchell because how many people are publicly Mets fans, especially Not that many. look like Donovan? Not many. Because I, I can tell I, you my, that straight up. <laughs> oh, we played Name the Black Met um, on, uh, on my show back yes, in Indiana. Yes, that was a great game. Yes, still love game. that game. Yeah, good game. We'll have to do that on, Cleon on, on Jones. the other, other pods. We're not going to do that in this one. We don't have enough time for that. You sure? Because I was ready. You see, I, can't, I hit you with Cleon Jones. I'm, I'm always ready to name a black man. I know, I know. Cliff Floyd. Um, we, uh, there we go. Bernard Gilkey. Don't, 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 don't start it. Ah, oh, see? Not even 20 minutes this time. That That's my fault. Name, naming a black man set off the alarm. Fire alarm break three. An abbreviated one. 
did not follow the 20 minutes per time limit. Eight minutes. But hopefully we can push through here and finish off my chat with the host. Yes, pause. With the host of The World With G on ESPN 105.1 The Zone in Tennessee Chattanooga, Greg Larnard. Daily, weekday shows, noon to 2 p.m. I come on every Wednesday in the 1 to 2 p.m. hour, so make sure to check out for that, but just support him in general. All of his social media information is in the podcast description. Show some support for someone who has supported me throughout. Um, Wrapping up the MVP conversation, I think we were getting into it pretty good, but I think that the gist of it is, is that you think it should be Dame. I still feel, damn, who do I think is MVP? Dame, Donovan, Julius Randle. I mean, right, pretty solid. I, I, I mean, look, I'm definitely there with Julius. I don't know about the other two. I'm definitely there with Julius. If that's the case, then Mitch Rob for Defensive Player of the Year. Definitely, a little, little Mitch Rob or Frank or Frank. No, no, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel. Noel. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm here for that. Yeah. I, I think what what we what we have figured out is if you just stay healthy, you're in an MVP conversation. Do you think there's any of the injured guys who deserve the MVP, even though they've missed time? Did was Embiid's impact enough to supersede? Because I asked the question on the pod last week, and I, I have a phone number now for people to call in and contribute to the voicemail. Nice. People seem people seem to be calling the phone number to actually talk to me, so we kind of need to get that ironed out. The the call in number, if we can pull it up here, the call in number is for you guys to chime in yourselves and not talk to me. I made the instructions very clear on the voicemail greeting, but um, damn, I can't find the goddamn number now. Oh, yes, here it is. 347-871-1044. 347-871-1044. Call the podcast voicemail. But I asked a question last week of, should LaMelo still be rookie of the year or share co-rookie of the year with Anthony Edwards? Because... The impact we saw what LaMelo did. I mean, the Hornets were a four seed at their apex with LaMelo. They're kind of hanging on to it now. Dropped down a little bit to six, which is the loss of LaMelo. But now Anthony Edwards is healthy and he's getting numbers because who else are the Timberwolves going to go to with Cat in and out of the lineup? So should Embiid still be in the MVP mix? Like how I think LaMelo should still be in the rookie of the year mix. I think it, you have more of a case for Joel Embiid being in, in the MVP mix because he's back and he's playing again. He had a, a stint where he was out for a while. But you know LaMelo is not call it coming back this year. So I don't think you can give it but to But he's LaMelo. played over half the season. It's not like it was only a small sample size. Because There's it's no an abbreviated way. season, he's played like 51 of 72 games. That's a good percentage. That's about 60% of the season, and we saw the impact. If there was nobody else that was really separating themselves, then I would say putting up numbers, then yeah, maybe. But Is Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Edwards really separating himself? He's doing he's doing just fine. You can I mean, shoot, with Tyrese Halliburton the way he's played, maybe you want to consider him I mean, that, in that rookie. I mean, year. I you, you you know how I feel about Tyrese Halliburton. Preaching to the choir um, right now. You know, it's it's uh I mean he definitely should get a couple of votes. He won't win, but he should definitely yeah. be in the mix. He should definitely get some second or third place votes. But yeah, I, th- I think it's just a thing where if you have Embiid, I never believed the hype of Harden for MVP. I thought that was a little bit too much. 
But I was a believer in Embiid being MVP, but him missing that time, and with Jokic not missing any time, I can I can relent and let the Embiid for MVP talk go. But that's why for me it's like I'd rather give it to Donovan Mitchell than Jokic. I think having Donovan Mitchell because who else is scoring on that team? Mike Conley's been really good. Yeah. Bogdanovich I mean, is back. Gobert doesn't score. He's only there for defense and blocking shots. So Jokic is 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 the point center, but he's not asked to do the scoring load. That was him and Murray. Now it's going to be him. So like I said earlier, if he goes on a run here, if he starts averaging 30-something a night, it carries them to a two-seed or maybe they can sneak into the one-seed if, if things fall the right way. If he does that, then okay, I, I have to fall back. But if they stay status quo and he doesn't go crazy, I can't give him MVP. But then if it's not him, then who? And that's where Donovan comes in for me. And that's that's why I said Damian first, and then you go, then you would go Donovan second. I'll take Donovan second. You'll take that's Donovan second. Right okay. I'll take Donovan okay. second right now. I okay. mean, those two guys are very close. And again, if if the Portland Trailblazers fall off, then yeah, I'm okay with putting Mitchell above because I think it is important to say, hey, look, you're the best player on the best team in the league or in the West at least, and you know the, the Portland Trailblazers are playing in the playing tournament. Yeah, there's their team is not as strong as the Jazz, but. You know, and I and I, I think Dame. You know, without Dame, obviously they would be absolutely nowhere with all the injuries that they've had. But if they can keep themselves around the five, six, four, three seat, something along those lines, they probably won't get up to three. But four to six, I think Dame probably should win MVP in my mind. And yeah, Jokic third for all I care. Okay, okay. Well, I'll give you the last. But can I? I was just gonna say, can I? Can I just give a quick shout out to one guy who is not Go gonna win the MVP? He's, and I, I did this on my show the other day because he is a Tennessee basketball player in Memphis and having okay. a great year is Jonas Valanciunas, man. Like, not a lot of people, like, talk about this man. He's averaging okay. like 13 rebounds a game. He's, he's a walking double-double right now. He put up, like, a 34-22 and 22 piece the other night. I have him on my fantasy team, and he has been absolute gold That's why. All okay. Season. Okay. There it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah. Nice. Well, I, I was going to see the last the last ninety seconds uh, to see if you you wanted to chime in on a Rod buying or being part of the team that's buying the Minnesota Timberwolves, but you used up twenty seconds of that for some Jonas Valanciunas love. So yeah. now you have forty five seconds if you want to chime in on a Rod owning part part is the key word there part of the NBA team. Yeah, no more J Lo, so um, it's it's just a Rod, and and I think they'll end up getting the team. Or a team, I don't know if it'll be the Timberwolves, but a team into Seattle sometime at the least after 2023. But that has to be the plan, right? Like, A-Rod's oh, not just buying sure. a team to buy a team. He has to be no. planning on moving that team. Okay. Absolutely. Or moving it, or at least, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's got to be moving it. Because even if they get an expansion team, like, yeah, it's got to move. They got to move. He would have he bought in with the expansion team, not the Wolves. Well, I would like to thank Greg Larner for being my guest here on the The Sam D Podcast. It's been a long time coming for him to return to the podcast. He's been gracious enough to allow me weekly spots on his uh, ever-growing show. He's come a long way from moving up to different time slots, from moving from one hour to three hours, to now being an afternoon drive host, all under his own name, all pushing his own brand the entire rest of the way. So... Greg, as someone that has watched you grow, as someone that has watched you 
go through different markets, go through different types of situations, being a host and sticking to your brand and making sure that you and your brand come first. I applaud you. You have helped me grow, helped me grow this podcast by giving me reps on your show, which helps me bring my takes here and have them refined. Thank you. Thank you for sharing a set with Rihanna, even though I know <laughs> Riri is not necessarily your cup of tea, but no, thank you cool, for, for I that. Like, I like her. It's, it's been a pleasure. You, it's been a pleasure to see you grow. It's been a pleasure to see you get better and better and better as the years and the weeks and the months go on here. Hopefully there'll be bigger markets knocking down your door very soon. We all know what that is behind the scenes. The fact of the matter is shout out to you. Shout out to Papa G and Mama G as they, they've been, especially Papa G's been become a fan of mine. That's always good feedback to hear. And uh, look, man, plug your stuff one more time. And I want to make sure that people check out all your information in the podcast description, but give them a reason besides this conversation, conversation we just had, give them all your stuff about plugging and listening and soon, hopefully watching the world with G. You honor me. First of all, I appreciate all the very kind words. Always great to have you on my show. Happy that we got to finally got a chance to do this on, on your show. Um, I love getting a chance to chop it up with you. Long live the DL. It's been a long time since you and I have been working together and doing things. Uh, you can find me again, ESPN 105.1, the zone in Chattanooga, download the free tuning app. You can just search us right on there. And if you're in the New York market and you want to take a listen to me a little bit, uh, in the uh, in the middays on ESPN Chattanooga again, it is twelve to two. You can find me all over social media at G underscore ESPN one hundred five one. Uh, we're gonna have some good content. We get we're working on a podcast, a unique podcast that's coming out here in the nice. next few weeks that we'll we'll be dropping soon. And the one of me, it's me and the one of the uh, local sports anchors, uh, Chick. So we'll have a nice back and forth. Okay. And we'll be able to bring a little bit more real life stuff to uh, to the show and. And whatnot, and so we're on Instagram, social media, our Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook is the the word with G, and we're even on TikTok now. We got a little TikTok. Nice, I like it. I, I peeped that. Yeah. I have some creative stuff on there. And, and fellas, I know that this isn't a video podcast yet, but don't leave your girl around G. I've, <laughs> I've seen it. Ha I've seen it happen to the best of dudes that thought they can leave their girl around G. Don't do it. If if you if you love your girl, keep your girl away from G. But I can be friendly also. I mean, I don't have to. I don't have to steal her. But See, if she comes. If she comes See? my way. I mean, it's See? what See, I'm, I'm telling. It's a bystander. And 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 that's the nice version. He just cleaned <laughs> that up. I've seen him out, and we've been out. We've had some drinks, and he'll give you the real, real. But that 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 was the cleaned up, sanitized version of yeah, dogs. You know the name of the game. Your bitch chose me. That that's basically what what he just did. <laughs> But thank you, G, for coming on the podcast. It's been a long time coming. It's been long overdue for you to return here. And hopefully we'll, we'll get you back on here uh, way, way sooner than, uh, what, I think it's like a, like two years, right? I think it's been two years yeah, since you've been on. Yeah, it's been a while. We, yeah, we, we tried. But, uh, we tried, yeah, we definitely tried. Record. Hopefully this one will, and we'll have to name the Black Net next time. For sure. And I'll leave you with Butch Husky. The Sam D mm -hmm. Podcast. For Greg Larnard, I'm the Sam D. I'm out.